Everybody wants to be successful, and yet we all have different ideas of what that is. Finding success is the journey we embark upon to go and get what's ours. We are willing to travel down within to find our greatness buried deep inside of us. Questioning society's views and flipping the script, putting our own stamp on life. We're here because our future is within our control. Finding success is how we grab hold of what is possible. The relentless pursuit of success starts here. We're finding success and we're here to help break that monotony of life and help you find your version of success. Welcome to another episode. Second one of the year, it's January. Feeling a bit down, January blues. Is after Christmas. It's always um, the same though, isn't it? After Christmas, after New Year. Yeah, the festive times, the family's gone, you know, you're back at work. Yep. It's just not the same, is it? Back into the swing of day-to-day life. People who are living in that, that paycheck to paycheck role. Yeah. You know, if they're not, they're not, they're not progressing in their life. If you haven't already though, go back and listen to the previous episode where we talk about structuring a bank account. Start the year off right. So, following on from last week's episode, we're going to keep the theme the same along the financial routes, all right? So, this week, we're going to talk about debt. Good debt, bad debt, what is debt? Um, because it's you know it's just a topic we want to talk about. We feel like it's important to, to know, to get the understanding there. So, Adam, what is debt? Debt can come in all manner of things. Um, the explanation of debt is... You're going into negative uh, funds, basically. Negative. You are you owe the bank. It's simple as that. You owe the bank money. Whether that be a mortgage, whether that be a credit card, whether that be overdraft, you've had too much of a Christmas spend. It's basically going into debt, into negative equity. So when... That's a nice word. When I hear the word debt, it always... It resonates negatively with me. Yeah. I don't know whether it's just the way I've grown up or just the way either our generation or our... I don't know which... Uh, I think, yeah, our generation have grown up. I think yeah, debt as a whole, moving from the 19th century to the 21st century, is a completely different matter of life. I think a day-to-day person who is in debt is more common today than what it was back in the 1900s. Uh, why? Because we have so much more luxuries to choose from. We didn't have Gucci hats. We didn't have posh cars. We didn't have the option to increase our luxury lifestyle. Back in the 19th century, it was about living and creating food for the family and, and bringing food back home. And there was no phones, there was no internet, there was no iPads and iMacs and whatever other computer and tablet things are available. But... <laughs> It's just for the fact that now we have the option to go into debt a lot easier and people do for the wrong reasons. And I think that is why majority of people provide debt with a bad negative aspect of life. And is debt negative? Not all the time. There is good debt, um, which we'll get into later. But it's a strange word, isn't it, debt? It is. It's interesting you... you Bringing that up, I think you're right. These days, debt is easier to get into just because the, where the technology is these days, it's easier for 
us to track debt. So people are more willing to be able to lend money to be able to banks and even finance companies. Um, you can get into debt over sofas and stuff now. Most all store cards, the yeah. majority of stores, Argos or Next or whatever, they have a have store a card. Form, yeah. yeah, and you can get into debt with them. So it's because it, I th- I believe because it's easily tracked and you you're held accountable better as opposed to as you say 20th century 19th century there was nowhere near that sort of technology so it was sort of just all through physical books and paperwork that the banks would track this sort of stuff and that's why it's not so common back then but nowadays it's just literally like you said everybody's got it basically it's unbelievable when it's almost like um i didn't go to sixth form i don't know about some other guys here but i didn't go to become or go to university but student loans it's just become so second nature. You know, our family, if you perceive yourself to be successful in life, you have to go to A, to do the A levels. Then you go to university, which you get a nine grand a term fee that you get on your student loan because that's the way you should do it because that's the way that you're going to become successful. And nine times out of 10, the people who go to university end up in McDonald's or, you know, getting a job to pay off their debt, which is ridiculous. I saw a great meme of um, or one of these pictures on Instagram. Uh, it was, did you ever watch, I think it's Toy Story 2 when Buzz Lightyear was in a, sh- in a shop and they were zoomed in on Buzz Lightyear in, in, in his box and the caption was like, oh, I've been to university, I'm unique, I'm different, I'm going to do so well and it zoomed out and there was millions of yeah. other people with, I'm going to, I've just finished university, I'm going to do, I stand out, I'm unique, I'm different, you know. I got my master's degree. Yeah. So many people have got them, that's no longer the differentiator, that's no, no longer giving you that extra edge because literally anyone can go to university and get a degree. Yeah. It's, and I might be biased. I might be biased because I didn't go to university. I don't think it's necessary for. I don't think it's necessary to be honest. No, I completely agree. Um, apologies if you do, but I just don't think it's necessary. Um, I know people that spent literally tens of thousands of pounds on history degrees and are now maintenance men and carpenters and stuff like that. It's just absolutely no relation. So you're going that debt. It might have been a fantastic time of your life, but is it worth getting that sh- amount of debt? Because Interestingly, the student loan is the only, basically, the only loan you can't ever get out of. Yeah. If you were to get a business loan, you could go bankrupt, you clear your name, and you, that's it, yeah. you're gone. It's, it's gone. But student loan is with you for life. And if you don't focus on paying it off quick, it can be there for 20, 30, 40 years. I know someone, I can't remember how old he is. I think he was turning early 40s, maybe. And he ran up a massive amount of student loan from doing his all types of degree done like four universities three universities or something to get the type the highest degree you could possibly do and uh, I think you turn early 40s and he's just about finished paying off his uh, student loan it's just like early is 40s yeah is it really worth it and it wasn't he, he's a carpenter like you said it, 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 it got him nowhere in life no. his history degree got him to be a woodworker unbelievable Unfortunately, that's the society we live in. It is. It's, we push down that route because it's, I guess they want us to do, they want highly educated population, but yeah. it doesn't really work quite as well as they thought, I don't know. But the other the other option to that is positive debt. Yep. And people who don't go to university or do go to university but use a degree in the correct way can use debt i.e. the bank's money in a positive way, starting a business for one of them. Cool, yeah. You can borrow some money from the bank 
and not pay a lot of money, but for the money you can make on that loan is incredible to what you're paying that debt. If you off. use it wisely. Yeah, if you use it wisely and don't just blow it up the wall. That's a differentiator, isn't it? So it's interesting. Anyone can go get a student loan at 18 years old, £100,000, you know, whatever it is. You can't, at that same age, walk into a bank and get a business loan for 10 grand. And it's like, that's where it's a bit twisted, the world, because they don't want you to, they don't want you to own businesses. Yeah. Or they don't want everyone in the population to own business, but they do want you to get in student debt for some reason. Um, so going on to good debt, what's, how do you differentiate between good debt and bad debt? So as in you were saying, using it wisely. What are ways we can use it wisely? So one of the biggest ways we can use good debt or debt, for instance, is increasing your business's size or or starting a business. For instance, not everyone has 50 grand in the bank account to put a down payment on a shop if they want to start a corner shop, pay for products, pay for the register, pay for the network and the, the card machine and the shelves and the product and so on and so forth. Not everyone has 50 grand to go, I'm going to go and start a, a shop here. Someone can find a place in the market, for instance, a small village shop. They've gone out of business because they weren't running it right or they weren't open enough. And they thought, well, I can buy that on, but they haven't got the money to buy the business. They can go to the bank and go, look, I can borrow this so-and-so amount for so-and-so long, put it to work. They've bought a company that, that was there that had all the shops, that had all the stock, sorry, just needed to be re-networked, reworked, smartened up a bit and changed so that the business can grow. They've started a business, they've, they've seen the market, they've took it on, they've took the debt on, but they can pay the debt off a lot sooner than what someone can in bad debt, for instance, buying a car. To you and me, it's a bit different. We're now similar in that a car is more of a workhorse for us. It gets us from A to B. Whether it has, it has four wheels, well, it has technically five because the steering wheel counts as one wheel, but Terrible. it has technically five wheels. Um, it gets us from A to B. It's cheap to run. It's reliable and it does the job. But for some people, a car can be a massive statement in their lives. That could be, a, you know, whether it's an Audi or a Lamborghini or a Bentley or a Ford Fiesta. It doesn't matter. If they perceive that car as being a statement and something that they want and they have to have that car to look good as in, in front of their friends or look good for their girlfriend, then, and that's the higher on their priorities, they will get in debt, in bad debt, for something that isn't going to increase their overall lifestyle. They're getting into debt for liabilities, not in for assets. So it comes down to um, Mr. Kiyosaki's like basic fundamentals, income expenses, liability and assets. So if you're getting into debt and buying liabilities, it's taking money out of your pocket. You're losing yeah. money, hand over fist, because you've also got to pay them back, back the debt that you just created. So you got and to the pay majority back. of liabilities, what do they do? Depreciate. Exactly. You buy a car for 50 grand, you drive it for four court, it's just lost five grand in in value. But nine times out of ten it's lost five grand in value. So you've already you've already you are now owe the bank an extra five grand because you can't exactly go around the corner and sell that car for the money you've just driven it off the forecourt for. So that, that's a good that's good. So we've got a car. I've just got out a ten grand loan to buy this car. It's immediately depreciated, like through depreciation you've taken off the forecourt. You've also had to put fuel in. So it's taking money out your, out your pocket to put fuel in to tax it to insure it. Money's coming leaving your account more and more and more. 
and you also got to pay back the loan with the interest. What's the interest? Let's just say it's one percent for goodness sake. Yeah, you're still paying back one percent interest on that loan, so it's costing you a fortune just to have a car. Like that's a really bad. That's bad debt when it's costing you that much. Whereas an asset, or an asset, uh, something that puts money in your pocket. I like to use. I know you're just using shops. I like to use the gym one because it's for me. It's easier to visualize. I get a business loan, ten grand again to start a gym, right? I've got to use that ten grand to then start putting all the machines in the room, putting all the getting all the dumbbells, getting all the kettlebells, anything you can imagine, mirrors, you know, paint, nice paint job, nice lights. It's cost me ten grand. And now the memberships, I can then sell a membership from that, which is then all right, it's costing me a small amount of maintenance of the gym, but the memberships is gonna outweigh that. And that's then putting money back in my pocket and I'm just paying back the loan just enough so that I'm making a profit. Yeah. And that's an asset, basically. I'm, I'm using my leverage, my debt to create an asset. Which is what a lot of this world don't do. They take the bank for granted. They take the bank to use their money for bad. You could take the bank to use their money for good. Spot on. Yeah. Think about, think about it, you guys listening. Think about if you've ever done something similar. I know a few people that have done this, like the car thing we were just talking about, a lot of people do that. Um, which is it can be a smarter way going to a bank for a loan for a car than going through car finance these days because that can be offensive but either way it's we consider it a bad debt because it is taking money out of your pocket it's not yeah. earning you any money <clears throat> and what we look for when we are getting um, loans or leveraging our money is a return on the investment so while we're we're using debt as a way to like such as the gym we're using the debt as a way to create money and that it can be measured most companies use it it's, it's a metric in from an investing point of view called return on investment um, and it's how much money you're creating from your debt and that's it's just quite important for, exactly. for instance say you had 10 grand from a bank and your return on investment was up some for some amazing reason 100% yeah. So you've just made 100% on your return on investment. So you've made 10 grand on the 10 grand you've made. Therefore, you've just paid your bank loan off, say, in a year, and we now have 10 grand of our own money that we can go and put to work. Look at that. You are so far ahead. That's that's fantastic. Like, that's, what you, that's exactly why we use it. That's, that's the asset. You've literally made, you've doubled your money almost. Yeah. Well, you've mm. literally, you've you created that money. Um, like, no I've, I've created 10 grand yeah. from nothing. Yeah, because it's not my money; it's the bank's money. I've just borrowed it, and I've paid a small. Not cost free you a penny it. to get. That's another thing. Um, loans or debt is tax free. They yeah. can't tax it. They don't want you to tax. They don't tax you because it's that's how you get money out into the world. Every single, every um, bit of money in the world has come from a loan of some sort. So whether it's a bank, whether it's a business loan, whether it's stimulus from the government, it's basically come as debt. Yeah. At one point in its life, so it's tax free. Get it all. <laughs> would you class mortgage as a debt? I do, yes. I I would say mortgage is a debt. Um, again, depending on how you look at them, this is a good one, actually. Uh, so a personal mortgage for your house that you're living in, I class as bad debt. Yeah. Because it's, it's costing you money. Your maintenance, your repairs, your you know, upkeep, all that sort of stuff. It's costing you money. However... I believe a mortgage or multiple mortgages for properties you're renting out, your Airbnb in style, investing, all that sort of stuff. Stuff that's putting money in your pocket, I would say it's good debt. Yeah. 
So either way, it's obviously debt because you're going, you're borrowing money from the bank. But depending on how you're using it, it's good or bad. Exactly. And unfortunately, we fall into the trap of again that again that owning our house, our own house, is a positive in life. If someone you perceive as renting means they can't afford to buy a house, well, that's not the actual true case. It all depends on how. Number one, the person who's renting uses their money that they've got to invest. If they can make a return on that, then renting is basically the cheapest option. You know, if you have to go and put a 10% down on a 200 grand house, well, that's a lot of money. But if you went to go and rent a house for, or a room for 300 pounds a month and you used nine grand to go and invest in the market and you made a 10 or 8% return on your money, well, there's no brainer, isn't it? If you value wealth building higher than you do owning a house, then your answer's right there. I like to use a similar comparison when we have this, because this comes up quite a lot, because a lot of people are fixated on buying a house. It is their be-all, end-all. In in the UK, it seems to be a thing that's drilled into us from 15. Oh, you want to get a good job and buy a house? It's just drilled into us. And it's incredible. I think it always will be, though. I think it always will be. No matter what you do in life, there's people that are for and against. Oh, true. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, fifty percent. What am I saying? Only fifty percent of the population will ever agree with you. You're never yeah. going to please you. Yeah. Exactly. So, we'd be interested to hear your thoughts, listeners. Like, let us know what you think. Are you looking to buy? Are you renters? Are you bothered? Let us know. Talk to us. But I personally am not bothered because wealth building is high on my agenda. But going back to what you're saying, so say you had twenty five grand to put down as a deposit. If you were to be investing that twenty five grand, you'd be seeing returns every single like month, every single quarter. Some of you investing in the right way, you would see returns. Yeah. Whereas if you were to put that into a house, what you're doing is you're freezing that money. You're literally putting it on ice because you have no access to it. You cannot. As soon as you get a loan, a mortgage, you can't just suddenly then remortgage it. You can't just get all the equity out of the house. Isn't it? You're frozen your money. Yeah. Whereas if it's in the markets, it's liquid. You can cash out. You can have the cash in your hand in three days' time, like less than that so quick these days um so the investing side you're seeing an instant return and your money's growing whereas the the mortgaging the buying a house you're freezing your money in the house and there is the argument our oh, property goes up property goes up it's always going to be worth more it's not necessarily the case um japan at the minute they're in a really weird situation where only new builds are worth any money yeah. after that they depreciate like mad and I'm not saying we're going to go into that crisis at the minute because I think we're a little way away from that. But we're at the point where we're at an all-time high for the housing market. Houses are so expensive these days. And COVID spiked that because of the, the government incentives they did to they did loads of tax relief, didn't they? If you were to yeah, buy a house massive, and get a mortgage and stuff. So everyone's jumped on the bandwagon, like sending prices through the roof, which is also normally when you hit all-time highs, you're not far away from a dip in the market. So... House prices aren't necessarily going to keep growing for the rest of your our lives. It's just something to consider. It's 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 just like it's not as you know, people are afraid of investing because it's not secure. But property isn't solid. It's not no. like a, it's not guaranteed. No, exactly. Something to consider. So there's not a right or a wrong when it comes to buying a house and renting a house. It has to be your own situation and how you feel about Spot if on. you value wealth building or if you value owning a house. Spot. Couldn't Basically. have said it better. Yeah. One little metric that we can use for that actually is the buy to rent metric. So basically, what you do is you take the price of a house 
um, say 200 grand, mm. and you look in a similar area or next door for a house that you can afford to rent, say two grand. So if you do, let me work this out, if you do 200 grand divided by two grand, oh, sorry, the 12 month of the house, so that's 24 grand, you come up with a number. It'd be 12 months, sorry, 12 months of rent. The renting price. Yeah. Okay. So divide, so 200 grand for a house, divide by the month, the yearly rental cost of that house in a similar area, similar type of house. And that will give you a number in percentage, roughly. So it will go from 0 to 15 is a house is cheap. You can buy the house. It will return you. It's, it's quite a good quite a good buy. 15 to 25 is a decision that you have to make. It's not so bad that you have to rent because it's easy to rent in that area. And it's not a cheap house. It's somewhere in the middle. Anything above 25 is you looking to rent. And let's see. It seems really, really weird, but you can do it. I'll do it on my phone right now. Yes. Just walk us through it again. So I'm looking at buying a house. I'm on right move. I've seen this banger of house. It's a yeah. dinger. 200 grand. 200 grand on the dot is, and that's what my offer was as well. Perfect. They did climb it. No. Um, so 200 grand it was on the dot. But yeah. to do this, calculate, so this is to decide whether I buy it or if I rent in the area. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. So you, you're moving the, into Surrey. Ooh. Right. Find the house. That's not 200, 200 grand, grand house. That's it's a definitely not. Shed. It's, it's a shed. But it's 200 <laughs> It's 200 grand no matter what. But you've seen a house next door that's up for rent. Yep. And that's 24 grand a year to rent. Okay. Okay. So we've got 200 grand for the shed. All right. And we're going to divide that by the yearly cost to rent the shed. Annual. Which is uh, annual, sorry, which is 24. All right. Now that equals 8.3. Okay. So you buy. You buy because it's a good price. You buy the shed. Because it's within that first bracket, the 1 to 15? 1 to 15. Now let's increase the shed. Let's say that the shed's now... Oh, shit. The shed's now... Shed. 500. We'll go 300. It's sorry. All right, we'll you go got, 500. You've got an extension on your shed. 500 on the, on the shed. <laughs> and say you can now rent the shed for two and a half grand. Well, no, we'll, we'll keep it the same for, for purposes. Annual price of 24. 24 grand. Okay. So we'll have that and we'll go... Hang on. I pressed the wrong button. I do apologize. So 500 grand divide by 24,000 because that is the price of yearly. The annual rental cost. cost. Now that gives us 20, which is decide. Oh. So we're not quite in the, this is a good price. This is a bad price. It's at the higher end of being bad. It's at the higher, it's better to rent now. Okay. So what's the band? 15 to 25? Yeah. It's okay. decide. So, so it's, it's actually 20.83. So you get into the point 20. now. Yeah. 20. Round up. What were you taught school? This is why you need to do A level. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Uh, that's interesting. So I should probably, that's really cool. I like that. But um, it just it's very, very easy to work out if a house is good to buy or bad to buy and good the area. Or not good value. Yeah, exactly. So Rent in that cheaper. 20 position, you've got that number 20. That's purely down to your personal circumstances. Exactly. Whether or not it's, because it doesn't really matter. It's, no. Okay. So it's good value then either way. Yeah. Interesting. At, at the moment, moment. but yeah. when it increases or rent increases on the house devalues, then it changes things. Or the house in prices increase and the rent stays the same yeah, yeah, yeah. because Which you stayed is, there for a long period of time yeah. and you're still paying the same amount of rent because you're fixed into a, a, a contract that you paid. That's what I did two year term. Exactly. Fixed into a two year term and the house prices have gone up. They can't charge you more rent, but yeah. the house is worth more money, but you're fixed at paying that same price. You're getting a good deal. But then the argument is I'm getting a good deal if. 
I were to have bought the house because the price has gone up. The no, the price has the gone up of the house. The value gone up. of the house. Yeah, but the rent is cheap uh, for the area. Yeah, go with it. So if you you were to move out and move back in, yeah, the rent price yes. would also be higher because the house prices are so high. I'm with you. That's a nice new metric. That is a top tip. That's right. For our listeners. Everyone get your calculators. They genuinely do that because I'm. Did you? It's, I think that's really good. I'm. I could just go online and have a few like. Get on right move tonight and just have a play. Yeah, so that's really just, cool. Just work it out. Yeah. It's, it's fairly simple. I like that. Should we do it there? I think so. That's a good one. So yeah, that's your good debt, bad debt. Tell us what you think. Get in contact with us, guys. Instagram at underscore finding success underscore. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Email us. Get in contact. Tell us what you think. Do you, do you want to buy? Do you want to rent? Let us know. Tell us your opinions. Um, as always, guys, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you in the next one. Obviously, this we are not financial advisors. Should you need help, please seek out professionals. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Success is available for everybody, so why should you settle for less? Yeah.